0: Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life?
1: Are you ready to get this party started?
0: This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and in inches while becoming more confident, and a six times gold medalist in the Transplant Games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster.
2: Doing this is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. Public speaking is the number one fear in the world. I started a business during the recession in 2009 here in the US. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. I mentor people with master's degrees, with PhDs, and I help people who have been in business for a long time. I have deal with, with the nutrition store maybe a half mile away from my facility. And we, we cross promote. You know, we help out to give our clients what they need. That's where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan and say, for me to get to that point. Coming to you on a Tuesday morning, episode number 39 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, the tank top wearing phenom, Robert B. Foster. I just threw that that one in there just now. All right, so you guys know we are going to be turning this from just a podcast, not just a podcast, but from a podcast into a morning show. So you're going to catch me every day at 11 o'clock. Why? Because the world needs more me, damn it, that's why. No, just kidding. It's like the feedback that I'm getting from the, from the viewers, from the audience, from the guests being on the show, is like we are on to something very, very good and very positive here. So I am booked out through mid-May already, so I'm going to be adding more, more time slots. I'm going to be bringing you guys more and more amazing guests, kind of like the one I have coming on today. And we're here to inspire you. We're here to motivate you, to entertain you. We are here to educate you, and most importantly, we're here to transform you. So that's the purpose of this show. So why would I only limit that to two days a week when there's millions upon billions of people out there in this world that need to hear our message? And as I said, it's not all about me. I bring on guests every single week, experts in their field. I bring in bring in to your authors, other other show hosts, writers, you know, TV personalities, professional athletes, like bringing you all kinds of experts from around the world people from Australia from Canada from Mexico from Ireland from England and today from New York <laughs> so joining me to have the discussion i didn't even tell you what we're discussing yet so today we're going to discuss about the law of attraction so now you may have heard this term you may think it's an overused term But the gentleman I have coming in in today wrote a book titled The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. So we're going to come at this from a completely different angle. He's going to take the lead. Just kidding. It's my show. I'm taking the lead. All right. (laughs) So his name is Andrew Kaplan. He's a host of the hit podcast, Shatter the Mold, where his message is freeing yourself from group thinking and level up your life. As I just mentioned, he also wrote the Amazon number one best-selling book, The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. And we will be sharing a virtual stage in a couple weeks at the Comeback Champion Summit. I just found that out today. So we will be inspiring the world together. Welcome, Andrew Kaplan.
1: Hey, show, Robert sir. Foster. Thanks so much for having me, man. And when you said Tuesday, you weren't kidding, man. This is the second day of the second month two people and my job is to make this show too awesome and that's my best yeah. part of the day out of the way there. <laughs> I love it. I
2: love it. Love it. Love it. So, we have have someone says you're an inspiration to me. Also bring experts to discuss my field, astrology, coaching. You got it. I will find one for you, Sally. I will find one for you. All right. So, Andrew, let's talk. Let's get yes, to know sir. let's get to know each other better. So, before you became an author, what were you doing prior?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I've been, I don't know how old or young I look, but I've been an entrepreneur for like over 20 years now, like straight out of college. I did one job for about 10 months and that was just to build up capital to start the first business. So. Was that, you know, was that the WWE job? Well, you know, w, it's funny, WWE, and this is how far I'll date myself even more. It was WWF back when I was doing it. Okay. Um, that was a final, like that was my last internship before going out into the real world. That was my last, you know, uh, my, you know, last soiree into just like that kind of lifestyle. And, oh, my God, the stories I can tell from that job, that was it, it's a little bit surreal when you're growing up a wrestling fan. And then you're riding the elevator with Vince McMahon yep. and every so often Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they had a gym on site, by the way. Oh, so yeah. every so often, you know, the wrestlers come in town. You see like Stone Cold Steve Austin working out next to you. I got in a little bit better shape that summer just because I was in the gym so
2: much because I wanted to see my stars. So, yep. it was pretty fun. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> I had to bring that up. I saw that on your Facebook page because, like, I grew up a wrestling fan. You know, bringing my my kids to, to shows and stuff now too. So, I saw that I was like, you know, I gotta I gotta breach that topic.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, man, the stories I could tell. Some I shouldn't tell, but the the ones I can. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, sorry. Go ahead, continue.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's funny and. Um, I've got to be careful because like one answer will like, uh, will answer 20 questions. But I mean, the whole thing about the book was, I mean, I just wrote the book in 2019, but the experience that I'd gotten that inspired the book was 11 years prior to that. And even my first experience with law of attraction was, you know, years before that, like I learned about law of attraction back in 2004. And I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that could relate to, you know, or even salespeople, you have to kill your own dinner, so to speak. You know, Mm -hmm. When you don't have the steady paycheck, you've got to make the commission, you've got to make the sale, you've got to bring the business in. For me, (laughs) law of attraction was one of these things where I was just looking for all these different positive thought modalities, all this personal development stuff. And that was just one thing of many. And the interesting thing about it was, for me, it was hit and miss. I had my successes and I had my failures. And I kind of used to think like this law of attraction thing, um, which became a fad in 2006 with the explosive excessive secret I, I thought it was inconsistent and i'd later find out i was inconsistent i would later realize that whenever i actually did it and didn't stop which i know why i was doing that to begin with it actually worked so uh very very surreal path here man and um i don't want to spoil too much because i'm sure we'll get to, to what in, like what got me to really do that but it was a lot of just like ebb and flow these past 20 years just doing different businesses this before finally saying let me do a business that's going to be fun for me That if a customer writes in, I'm going to be excited to write them back and engage with them. I'm not going to get bored. I'm not going to get restless. I'm just going to keep going forward with it. So between the book and the YouTube channel supporting it, I finally feel like I have a level of fulfillment that I'm actually putting value out into the world versus just another one of my businesses that may or may not go in any certain direction.
2: Gotcha. Good stuff. All right. So you said you had a lot of successes and a lot of failures. Mm -hmm. So what type of failures are we talking Well, it was really just one of those things of, like, what's, everyone hears about the
1: law of attraction, like, okay, I'm setting a certain goal to make a certain amount of money in in this year, or I'm setting it because I want to bring something ridiculous to me, whatever it might be. It was just a simple thing where I was being unrealistic because um, my thought patterns were in contradiction with what I was trying to do, where it was a couple of years where I wasn't bringing any money and things weren't working the right way. And actually, it's kind of funny, like, this all came to a head. Uh, 2008. Like I was telling you, where uh, I lost my business and my girlfriend all in the same week. Wow! I and mean, it, it wasn't like... and by the way, the breakup, man, it wasn't in person and it wasn't even over the phone. It was via text. Oh, it was boy. like Three relationship down the tubes, um, over text, um, because I had been so desperately trying to hold on to the business that yeah. I was all over the place. I wasn't focusing on the relationship. Nothing mm-hmm. was working. So. It's one of those things where it became a snowball and a self-fulfilling prophecy. And like within three days, really, I felt like 90% of my life was gone. And, you know, I think anyone could probably relate like, wow, that was probably not the most enjoyable time in your life, Andrew. And they're right. And, you know, I'm waking up depressed, waking up frustrated and impatient. And I'm like, what the, What am I doing with my life here? I've wasted my 20s. Like nothing's happened here. And I'm just, I was scanning and I kind of came to this realization that like, oh, wait a second, that love attraction thing actually did work whenever I, I kind of did it. And I just got stubborn and I got indignant. And I said, you know, you know what? All right, that's it. I don't care what happens, when it happens, why it happens or how it happens. Nothing else is working. I'm just going to go all in with this thing. And when I say thing, I'm talking about gratitude methods, visualization exercises, really simple stuff. And when I say all in, I don't mean all day, every day, because I knew enough about myself to be like, I'm going to burn out. But I was pissed off enough that I can do five or 10 minutes every single day without fail. And again, I didn't care how long it was going to take. I can do those five minutes every single day. But the I guess the the results that I got were were kind of miraculous. And it's almost like a storybook. Because like two weeks in, I feel better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Mm. Three months in, I'm in a brand new relationship, way healthier one, mind you, and I'm over my ex. Four months later, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before then. And six months later, man, and you know, you understand how the gym, like you could relate, I'm in the best shape of my life. Everything's on all cylinders. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. And I finally realized. Not through all those Law of Attraction books, not that they weren't awesome, and not through all the Law of Attraction programs and videos, but through my own life experience that this works if you work it, even if you don't believe in the Law of Attraction, even if all this time, even after writing this book, it's not really the universe doing this, even if it's not energy doing this, even if it's something else that I don't understand, even if it's all in my head, like it works because one way or another, you're putting in this work or you're putting in this energy or focus, these results are coming out from it.
2: Absolutely. Spot on. So, I want to just highlight, highlight, <laughs> highlight your failures. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for the audience listening. So he said he felt like his goals were unrealistic, that his thoughts were in contradiction to his values. I, I, I'm paraphrasing some. Got to write fast, you know, to keep up with you. At one point, he felt like he pretty much hit rock bottom, losing his business and his relationship. He was waking up the press. Felt like he was wasting away his twenties. And he had a broken heart. So, like, how many of you out there listening can identify with some of those feelings? Because I know at some point we all can. And those of you who are listening, if this is resonating with you, let's spread the word and hit that share button, right? Spread the word. So, now, you just said that everything else that opened up from you, for you, it's because you had a vision, okay? Mm -hmm. So, describe that vision,
1: Well, here's, here's where it gets really interesting. And here's where I'm so left of center of like what a lot of people go through, because I believe in setting goals, when they feel good, and when they feel bad, it's it's only going to be too much. So I'm a I'm a better goal setter now these days. But back then, when I kind of like had that moment that everything was working, it was more of like a generalized goal. It was more of a thing where it's like, Listen, no matter what happens here, I don't care what happens. I just know there's going to be improvement. I just know that there's going to be an improvement to all these categories of my life. And I'm going to have I'm going to be this walking, living invitation to it. I don't even care how it happens. I'm just going to be receptive and open. So um, for me, it was a very, very open ended type of thing. And because of that, believe it or not, that was kind of a gift because I finally got myself out of this place of having to figure out how it's going to work. I no longer had to figure out every single minute, minute move and could instead just invite and bring it in for myself.
2: Well said, well said. Um, I want to just add to that, too. Like, so I was in the restaurant industry for 20 years. So mm-hmm. I, always, I always had it in my mind that I wanted to do something in the fitness sports world because I was an athlete my entire life. So I always knew I wanted to do something. So it was there swirling around in my subconscious. But. Something stopped me from, from from doing it. It could have been that I was a college dropout. It could have been that I just didn't really think I could do something like that. So we fast forward, and I start doing it. And I remember I had a conversation with my mother, and I told her. I said, "You know what? I'm going to have my own f- fitness business." She goes, "How?" I said, "I have no clue. Oh, no. <laughs> I, like, I have absolutely no idea because I had no savings. I had bad credit, and I was like, I I, I don't know." I said, "But I'm changing people's lives." I said, so if I just focus on changing people's lives, at some point, a door is going to open. Yes. And yeah. then down down the line, a door opened where a couple of my, my clients invested in me to open up my own facility. <laughs> you know, and it's like they came to me. I didn't even go, go to them. So like along the lines of what, what you're saying, you know, if you're focused on something that you want to do and that's all you focus on, you block out the noise. The law of attraction works 100% of the time.
1: Yeah, man. And it's really interesting because, again, it's such a fad now because, again, it blew up with the secrets of people a lot of back then. They kind of tried it, and I could even explain why. They probably didn't get the results that they wanted, and then they kind of tossed it aside. I do want to kind of reinforce for people listening right now that think it's still a fad or think it's whatever whatever um, because, and, you know, people understand fitness. They'll relate to this. It's kind of like. You know lifting weights to get muscles which is a very oversimplified sentence but everyone understands it yes. i can give people two explanations as to how that works maybe there's more but the two that i have in my mind is one you lift weights and then you go to sleep at night and the muscle fairy comes and waves a magic wand and boom, <laughs> more muscles and then you could rock the tank top and you know you're, you're making it look good right yeah the other explanation is that when you're lifting weights you're putting so much stress on your body that you're getting micro tears in your muscles that your body then responds to by filling in those tears with more muscle fiber through its own natural healing process. Now, I probably butchered that explanation, but I'm sure most people be like, well, that's the one, Andrew. And my answer is, it actually doesn't matter which one it is. All that matters is you lift weights, you get muscles, you put an X, you get Y. And by that same token, again, whether or not the law of attraction is real, even though I believe it is, whether the universe or energy is real, even though I believe it is, when you do simple gratitude or visualization methods the right way, which we can talk about, you will get a result. And the best part is you don't have to credit me. You don't have to credit my book. You don't have to credit the law of attraction. You don't have to credit the universe. All you have to do is notice that it happened, appreciate it, and keep up with what's working because that's the only thing that it really comes down to. I mean, there are certain people where it is valuable to know from a physiological, educational personal trainer standpoint, how working out, how it actually does something. But for the person just getting the result, they don't need to have that information in order to receive
2: the things that they want. Love it. Marianne just commented with, she's definitely buying this book. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. I hope you enjoy it. I really do. Awesome. Yeah. And again, and that's the purpose of doing this, ladies and gentlemen who are watching. This is for you. Like We are here for you. We have both lived this. Well, like I, I had, I mean, those of you who listen on, on the regular, I've told my story over and over, but you guys re- remember me being on the side of the road, having a panic attack at 32 years old because I hated the direction my life was going and I hated it and I had to make a decision. And again, I said I had bad credit. I had no savings. i raising five, five kids and, you know, there's a lot of lot of reasons I could have used to not move forward and to just stay comfortable and doing what I'm doing. But I made a decision like I, I didn't want to do it. And then last year, when COVID hit and shut my gym down, you know, a lot of gym gyms closed. You know, I, I was able to keep my moving, and I became a, a, a online show host. <laughs> you know, it's it like when life happens, you have to respond, right? Yeah. It's like you can't just let it just let it consume you. So if you got passion in your heart, you got to follow that passion.
1: Yeah, and then you you've got to appreciate the pivot because. Even when you're riding high, regardless of a a COVID hitting a gym or not, there's going to come moments in your life where you're just going to pivot just because that's that's the way life works. And if it's something that you're dreading all the time, then when the time comes to do it, it's going to feel so much more strenuous. Whereas if you keep yourself mentally and emotionally and spiritually and physically agile – just through the the normal process of enjoying what you're doing and looking at new opportunities and always being open to different possibilities, it's going to be so much easier and so much in harmony with who you are. When you make that pivot, you didn't pivot to be like, okay, well I'm going to stare at paint dry for an hour because (laughs) one, that's not very useful, but two, that's not who you are, right? You pivoted to doing a show, which is in line with your personality, which is in line with the motivational nature of who you are when you're working people through that workout. So you took uh, skills and tools, that are already like part of the best parts of you and just translated them. And that's the beauty of a pivot. A pivot is a translation of what already makes you great, what already makes you who you are. So I encourage people to, you know, not, you know, rush into a pivot, but to embrace it when it comes to them.
2: Yes. And the key sentence you said in there was be open to possibilities. Mm -hmm. I, I find in working with my, with my clients, whether coaching clients or the fitness clients is people just have a preconceived notion of what, what's normal or what they're capable of yes and then the more you you the more i talk with them and start pulling out their stories and pulling out their experience i was like you are loaded with a powerful arsenal yes. <laughs> and you're keeping it in a box yeah. <laughs> that said so the purpose of this this coaching program is to explode that box and then burn the box so you yeah. can become who you were meant to be and you said something really important
1: there um <clears throat> you said preconceived notion And that is so powerful. And, like, one of the things that I talk about in the book is I view us as having, like, three minds. We have – see, my my body's like, stop me. Don't say this to people. So we've got (laughs) the conscious mind, and we've got the subconscious mind. Mm. And right in the middle, we've got what I define as the ego. A clinical psychologist probably won't define it the way I do, but the ego as I describe it or define it is way stronger than the conscious mind, but nothing compared to the subconscious. And the ego as I define it has one job in this world and that's to keep you alive. And all it knows is right now with whatever money problems you have, with whatever relationship problems, business problems, even health problems, whatever problems you have, it knows you are alive right now and it does not want to risk the status quo of what might happen if you change it, whether it's a positive change or a negative one, because there are people out there right now who no surprise, they want to be rich and famous. But you know, if you're famous for all the ego knows, is you're going to get a bunch of stalkers, and that's a threat to your survival. Yep. If you get money for all the ego knows your in-laws are going to come out of the woodwork, like, give me that money, give it all me, another threat to your survival. So your ego loves you, and this is a misguided attempt at keeping you where you are, just because it knows wherever you are right now, you are alive. It does not want to risk the status quo, which obviously, you know, skipping head brings me to the solution of if the ego is going to do that, And it's gonna play into our fears and our doubts and our insecurities. It's gonna talk us out of doing that second workout or that third workout or doing whatever else. You've gotta find things that you enjoy enough so that when you enjoy them for the sake of enjoying them, it's harder for the ego to talk you out of it. And at least from my perspective, I've got the luxury of like law of attraction in the sense that these gratitude methods I teach and the visualization methods I teach, they bypass the ego, they access the subconscious mind. And then, regardless of your belief system, whether you believe in the universe, which I do, or really just your subconscious mind, which is a very powerful supercomputer that can govern a lot of behavior, giving you ideas, having you a cadence in your voice, having you operate in a certain way that's going to lead to that result. One way or another, you're accessing that subconscious mind to either do the heavy lifting or reach out to the universe or both. And then the ego can't stand up to it. It'll fight, but it can't stand up. And the best part is once you get that new stage in life and the ego sees you're surviving there, it's going to fight to protect that. That's why people who are making six figures and they get fired from their jobs, they're back to making six figures in another way, shape, or form within a year and a half because their new thermometer, their new temperature is at that level of money. Maybe they still have to struggle to get more of that money, but they're at that temperature. So it's a natural thing for them to achieve even when they're down in the dumps.
2: Yes, absolutely. It's like we, we so speak the same language <laughs> because I talk about the power of the subconscious mind all, all the time. And I use the example... It's like a computer, you know. Yes. So, like you, you turn on the you turn on the computer, and it boots up. It runs through its checks and balances, it checks the web pages, and then it gets ready for you. And that's where the conscious mind comes into play. The computer is going to do what what you tell it to do. Yes. But the initial boot up, it does all on its own. So I tell people, when your alarm clock goes off in the morning, you have things that you just do. Because that's what you do. Brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, take a shower, get dressed. Like you you don't have to think about those things. And so to pro- to reprogram your habits, that's why people say, you know, it takes tw- 21 days to establish a new habit. It's, t- it's that 21 days to reprogram that habit into your subconscious mind so it just becomes normal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's so many neural pathways going on. Basically, what you're doing is you're walking a new path. So it's kind of like you look at the ground and there's same, that same track where people walk in you know, there's footprints and there's like a depression. And then when people are looking like, which way do I go to like cross the field? They'll see that pathway. It's the same thing. Like what you're saying with the brain is you're making new uh, connections and there's new synapses and the neurons are firing in a different way. And once they get that familiar thing, which can be confidence, which can be resilience, which can be whatever that might be, you're going to more naturally walk that path. And then all of a sudden you'll be off to the races and you'll start getting momentum and then, in my belief, you'll create more, more healthy uh, new pathways on top of that, with a lot more momentum, way more easily.
2: Yes, it's. Like, I always say it's like a squirrel, you know. So, like no matter where you live in this world, the squirrels and squirrels are like the most stressed out species of animal ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but I use that example because the squirrels are always on the lookout for danger, always. And as humans we're actually programmed with that as well cuz long before we had televisions and supermarkets and houses you know we had to we had to fight to survive yes. so that that's actually embedded into our dna so it's not uncommon for people to look for things that could cause them stress or could cause them harm but not realizing but that's keeping you in that box that you're in yes. so like once you come out face that fear and then you're going to realize the people around you don't really care as much as you think they do. <laughs> you know, so like once you start making changes, people like to run their mouth, but then over time, they're going to be like, wow, you did it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, but, so, but people just have to get over that initial fear and make the move. Yeah. And,
1: you know, you, you spoke to something like, just in terms of like, you know, always being on the lookout for danger. There's an insidious nature to things in the sense that w- something else that's programmed into our DNA in along those lines is our need to be social and be socially approved? Because yes. there was a time where if you upset the group, you were kicked out, and then all of a sudden, not only did you have to hunt the saber-tooth tiger all on your own, you had to run from the saber-tooth tiger all on your own. <laughs> getting there was a time where getting ostracized actually literally meant death. It was the end yeah. of survival, and that still carries with us. And that's why when there are haters, you know, there's that whole crab in the bucket. Um, you know, uh, mindset where a crab tries to get out, the other crabs pull it back in. Mm-hmm. It's operating um, multidimensionally. It's not only you feeling bad or feeling like you're going to upset the group and feeling that's a threat to your survival, even though in 2021 it isn't, but it's also that group wanting to pull you back in because it's also part of their coding. Like, no, you've got to be on our level. And only when you prove yourself and push past that, like, okay, this person's still part of our tribe, but now they're leader status, but I'm, I'm still accepting them. That You will be accepted, In one way, shape, or form, it's just going to be on a new level, on a new dimension, in a way that's way healthier for you, and in a way that helps you make even better
2: changes and better up levels way more easily as you keep going. And adding on to that, it pulls out your power. Yes. It pulls out your power, because... For for me being being a restaurant manager, I was still in a leadership position. I was still giving you know motivational talks to other staff, although it was about you know upselling and you know stuff of that nature. So like I was utilizing my talents, I wasn't utilizing my power. Mm. And there's a big difference there. you yeah. I I want the listeners to get that, right? There's a difference between using your talents and using your power. So now I have the power to change people's lives on a global scale. <laughs> you have the child. I mean you you already changing lives on a global scale. Yeah, like that cool stepping that? yeah, that's stepping into your power. That's yeah. amazing. And that stuff and now with the power of YouTube and StreamYard and everything else, it's it's immortal. You know, in yeah. case unless the internet suddenly blows up, you know, 50 years from from now, the content we put out stays forever.
1: It's amazing. And and I also I want to remind people Like what we do is always an option to them, but it's not a requirement. You can have just as much power if you want to, if you have a marketing firm and you're helping businesses grow in the face of challenges, if you're, if you're teaching a business marketing and that's part of your superpower and that's in harmony with who you are and you're helping them put food on the table for their families. I mean, that's power right there also. Or, you know, if again, like personal trainers that aren't on, on a wide, on a wide uh, network or platform like this, you're helping people get right with their bodies. It's power. Anything you do, any way you serve, if it's in harmony with you, it will
2: be a superpower, which I love. Yes, absolutely. Love love this talk. All right. So let's let's talk about the elephant in your room, in the room. So I introduced you as Andrew Kaplan. Yes. Your name oh actually I put the, the comment up there. But your name here says Andrew Cap. Yeah, man. <laughs> so <laughs> we
1: were we were having a fun little backstage discussion before we, we went on air here about how common both our names are. And for me, um, it's a simple thing where when the book came out, there was already an Andrew Kaplan writing books and I didn't want to cannibalize his sales. I didn't want to create confusion. I don't want to do anything I'm like, all right, what's the simplest way to handle this? I'll just write under a pseudonym. So I just shorten it to cap. And now when people look for the book or people look at my YouTube channel around this, it's Andrew cap. It's, I guess it's fewer uh, letters to type in. So I'm all about efficiency. I'm getting people to my <laughs> stuff even easier, but oh, um, yeah, that's a simple that. distinction there. It's just about, um, you know, dealing with the fact that I've got a common name and making sure I'm reachable and accessible to
2: people nonetheless. See, and marketability is a thing too. Like, have you heard of a popular acronym for RBF? I have not. No, it's Resting B-Face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, So yes, it's my initials. So initially when I did it, I was thinking of changing it to something different, but then I was like, you know what? It's recognizable. Yes. So so people keep asking me, like, RBF, like, is that resting B face fitness? I'm <laughs> like, no, no, no. But it, it gets people talking. So I left it. And I had so like I sell shirts, I have sweat sweatpants, I have winter hats, regular hats. Like I have an entire apparel line with this because it's recognizable. It's marketing genius. And so, love it. so you took something that some people would have seen as a problem and you turned it into marketing genius i love it yeah
1: thank you for bringing it up i mean this is a reminder whether you're doing it or i'm doing it or anyone's doing it your your weaknesses are there to be turned into strengths yes so for example i've got a really long book title and props to you robert you read it flawlessly sometimes people they'll, they'll stumble over they're like wait what because it's so long <laughs> but it is my it was my intention it was what i wanted to put i didn't want to um i didn't want to uh, go short on any of this i wanted to go all in and like well If I have to do that, it has to be the whole book cover. I can't have any fancy Mm. images. I'm not even putting my name on it. All it is is just that, all you can see. And because of that, I make it a strength in that it's hopefully easier to glance when you're on Amazon and you're looking for other things. And you see that like as a suggestion, you can easily read the words and understand what it is. So I turned a strength of like, what do I do with this long title where sometimes it makes it difficult? I'm sorry, a weakness rather. And I turned it into a strength. So that people can notice a little bit more and hopefully be introduced to the concepts that I want
2: to show them. I love it. So, so let's di- dive into some, some of the concepts, you know, without obviously giving it away. Because uh, we want people to get the book, which you can get right here at this website, LastLawOfAttractionBook.com. So first, before before we, we dive into it, like, so what inspired you to write it? Um, you know, it was one of those things where,
1: <clears throat> like I said before, like, I, I'd already been through this experience of like, okay, this works. But it was never in my mind to really to put something out there. But when I was at that point, like, listen, I got to do something new in my business. I had to ask myself, like, can I articulate this? Because you can see by the title, I didn't want it to be just another law of attraction book. And I didn't even want to, like, kill the market. It isn't the last one that you ever will read. It's the last one you'll ever need to read. And then the choice is yours. And for me, it was just one of those things where I gave myself permission. I gave myself permission to put this out there. I had confidence in myself that I could articulate this in a way that was going to really serve people. And I knew the market would decide, like, it's either five-star reviews or not. So, like, the market will decide if I kind of lived up to it. And fortunately, it's, it's been going really well in that regard so far. But it was just one of those things where I put it out. I had this cover pretty early on that I was showing to myself every morning before I wrote. And I finished the book in, like, nine and a half weeks because I was wow. just really inspired to put it down. I didn't worry about wording things perfectly right away. I just spit out the concepts and then I massaged it. So you could say I wrote a book, but you could also say I edited a book. I just wasn't scared to put Mm -hmm. something out there. And then now that the ideas can be played with and kind of molded on paper or on the computer screen, so to speak, it made the writing process a lot easier for me, as opposed to trying to think of the perfect wording right out of the gate as in typing, which I hope would be a really useful tip for people that have writer's block. Good thing with writer's block, just spit something out, not worrying about what it's going to
2: sound like. You can just go and edit it afterwards. True, true, all right, so you 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 unpacked a bunch there, so one thing I want to talk I want to speak on is sorry, question just just popped in just before you came alive, I had asked my first guest, he accepted tentatively for next month, awesome, great job, Sally, look at that, go, cool, Sally, let's put that up there real real quick. awesome job, yeah, so I want you to speak on you said you gave yourself permission, yes because this is a huge one that people struggle with, so. Go, go go ahead and speak on your experience with that. Well,
1: you know, it's a thing where, and we were talking about this before. We've been having such a good conversation, by the way. I don't remember if this was before we hit the record button or not, but we were talking about being humble and how you don't, being humble isn't necessarily always a thing that's going to serve people. And part of that is like people sometimes were like, if I give myself permission, I'm being arrogant. And you're not, like, it, this is really just about understanding that Everyone that's ever done something great is just like you. You know, they put their pants on one leg at a time. They probably squeeze the toothpaste from the middle of the tube versus the back of it. You know what I mean? Everyone's the same way. (laughs) Everyone's got insecurities and issues, but also everyone's got unique talents. And if you are leaning towards something that you really want to do, it's probably an indicator that it is within your capability of doing it. And the only thing that you can like you owe it to yourself and you owe it really to the world around you to follow that thread and see if you're right. Because, you know, rising tide raises all ships and what you have can be a huge contributing factor. Like for me, when I wrote this book, I didn't have a concept of like the specific individual stories that I would get um, from people. But one person used it as their motivation to get out of a heavily abusive relationship. Did I ever have that intent? No. Could they have found the power and and motivation another way? Yes, but they found it through this way specifically. So I get to to rest in that knowledge that because I followed this thread, that one person used the content as an excuse to take their life to a whole new direction. People need to give themselves permission because you don't, to to say nothing, the fact that the benefit it's going to bring you and your family, you never know what type of person you might help through what you're doing. And again, it doesn't have to be a motivational and inspirational book. It could be anything, but give yourself
2: permission because you are way more capable than you ever give yourself credit for. Absolutely. And to add to it is, I always tell people when you when you use your power, you help unlock other people's power. And I want to use use a fitness example. So we were doing an obstacle conditioning class. We had two two sleds, you know, like the the exercise sleds. We had long ropes attached to, to them, so the task was, you know, to pull the sled down and then put push it back. So here's me always trying to, hmm, I wonder if I can pull them both, right? So, <laughs> so I get down there and, and I I get into it and I get into it, and of course, you know, you know, my peeps say, like, oh, Rob's showing off again and whenever people say that my first response is i'm displaying my talent yes <laughs> like i'm not showing off right so i'm leading by example come on yes so <laughs> i get it i push it back and the point is that that's not even about me after that one of the other guys was like i wonder if i can do it yes and then one of one of my my stronger w- women was like let me try that <laughs> see so by by me giving myself that challenge and gave other people permission to take that same challenge.
1: Yes. Yeah. I I think I'm a little hazy. I'm never the one that that quotes people exactly or or has the perfect name of the example, but I think it was Roger Bannister who ran the yes. first 4 mile a 4 minute mile and after he did that within a year I don't know if it was eight, I forgot it's like eight people or 13 people. There's a high group. Like all of a sudden, all these other people ran it. Once they saw that it was possible, once that threshold had been broken,
2: it gave other people permission to give themselves permission to actually do it. And, and now like 30,000 people have, have done it. Yeah. Something, something like that. And it was thought to be impossible. You know, just yeah, just what was it last last year or the year before? You know, with COVID, everything's a blur now. Mm-hmm. But but the guy who, who ran a full marathon in under two hours. Oh, that was, wow. That was, that was another thing that people thought was absolutely insane and then you know because there's always haters out there people say oh well well he had assistance like he still ran it in under yeah. two hours <laughs> i think you feel you have the same assistance and you do it <laughs> exactly oh god like when I, when I saw those comments i'm like people are too much <laughs> yeah well,
1: feel like the guy that goes to the moon well he was on a rocket ship come yeah, on
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> Always something, oh, always Something. All right. So the other thing, thing you said, which is which is huge, is to put something out there. Just put something out there and get it started. Because yes. like what I tell people, well, actually, my mentors told it to our group too. He says, you know, done beats perfect, and you can always upgrade. You could always yes. upgrade. So like I go back to when I was training in my garage. And I don't have a picture of the garage, but this is what we. Oh, oh, I don't have it on this one. Sorry, never mind. I was gonna put put the backdrop on of what, what of what we built the gym into. But it's on my my other it's on my laptop. No worries. Well, right. So I'm sure it was impressive though. I mean you
1: yeah. know by the way, if someone's gearing up to, to show a photo, they did something big.
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you know, but that but that's the key is to just put some put something out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. Because, yeah. like I'm in the process trying trying to to write my like i'm a much better speaker than, than i am a writer so mm. so i might just just speak it and just have somebody else transcribe it <laughs> but yeah. uh, like my first one's gonna get it down get it out there because then you can always upgrade you know like if people people like wow look this was my first book <laughs> you know and it's like and this is where i am now five or six books later
1: yeah man uh, same with uh, like my YouTube videos, man. I'm not. Uh, it's so funny. People go to my YouTube channel and they will watch the first couple of videos. They probably even see like the the uh the, my eye line. I scripted those first ones out, not because I wasn't confident that I could present, because I've been talking forever, yeah. um, but just because I was scared I was going to miss really important points. But it mm-hmm. got to a point where we it was just too grueling to script everything out and then record and always like read off a teleprompter. So th- you can see there's a there's a transition point where the later videos it's just me with a rough idea like now, just talking, just putting yes. it out versus trying to make it perfect. And both ways lead to results. But the second way gives a lot more ease and enables me to hopefully give a lot more value because I'm not, you know, there isn't that that bottleneck of having to script it out first. And you, by the way, you gave such a really good cheat code for people that want to write books, but are struggling. Like I highly recommend record it, spit it out, have it transcribed, and then you can just edit what you have there. And Someone like you is perfect because you understand the skill set of interviewing. You could literally like write interview questions for yourself, have someone you care about just sit there and ask them to you so that it's more conversational and access to your brain. You spit out the answers and then boom, you've got your book and you'll probably reorganize a bunch of stuff, but you'll have all the words and all the explanations and all the concepts finally on paper for you to massage and work with and put out into the world to help them. Love that.
2: That's that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's a great idea. And now, uh, for those listening, if you've all ever wanted to to write one, he he just gave you the framework for it. <laughs> you know, so yeah, give yourself. Look, I'll
1: tell you guys, the first book I ever wrote. I, I mean, I took it off Amazon and I repurposed it as a as another uh, product. But um, I wrote the book in twenty four hours, wrote and published. I said, like, I'm going to here's my challenge. And I mean, it's only 30 pages, but fine. Hey, the the guy running the marathon had help. Right. But here's the thing. Like, I was like, I'm going to like I started like 11 o'clock that morning. I'm going to write this book. And within 24 hours, it's going to be up on Amazon. I'm going to do the cover. I'm going to do everything. And I did it just to kind of like prove to myself. And it was, you know, for as long as it was up there, it was pretty decently reviewed. So it wasn't like a bad thing. I just didn't work with with what I'm doing anymore right, right now just to have it out there. But the point was like, I did it in 24 hours. So people can do these things that feel or sound impossible because they're introducing all these rules. Like, no, no, it's got to be a 200 page book. Well, I did that one in nine and a half weeks, you know, like, come on, 30, 30 page one is good in 24 hours. Like, just take it. I'd say, give yourself permission to do these things. And, you know, if you could ever have somebody go, well, that's only because X, Y, Z, that's actually a good sign because it means that you did it. And it means someone's trying to explain it away because they didn't believe it was possible. Exactly.
2: Exactly. I want to circle back to what you were talking about ego. Mm-hmm. And so I was at an event in Southern California, Fitness Business Summit. This was back in 2014. And so the, sorry, the host, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. spit that word out. You don't
1: me lose words, man. <laughs> I just make up new ones.
2: <laughs> so the, the host of the event, he was doing a hot seat. He was going to bring eight, eight people up and um, one at a time. And you got eight solid minutes to pick his brain. Mm. So, so now there were a thousand of us in the off in um, the audience. So I was like, all right, there's only eight. There's a thousand of us here. So 992 people are going to get the feelings hurt. And I was like, so I need to do something to make sure I get up on stage. So like I closed my laptop, put it in my bag. I kind of shimmyed down to the end of the row. So when he says, all right, who wants to come up? All the hands go up. I got up and ran to the stage. Yes. <laughs> I ran to the stage. I was like, me. Nee! And then he's like, all right, come on up. So, you know, that there, you know, you kind of had to swallow your pride because if he didn't pick me, I would have looked like a total jackass yeah. running, running down <laughs> to the stage. So, You know, so I had to fight that that initial fear. Mm. But, but the, the point of the story, so I'm with him on stage now, and I told him, you know he's like what's your biggest struggle in your business i said mine is it's in the follow up because like I, like i just don't feel like harassing people it's like do, do you want to join no okay goodbye mm-hmm. you know so he's like no he's like it is your duty he said and it's extremely selfish of you to not follow up with with those people he's he's like Cause they're coming to you because they need help and so maybe that first day they they weren't ready, but that's why you follow up and you keep following up because you have the power to help them and you not doing it is extremely selfish. Mm-hmm. And that that hit me like a ton of bricks. Cause I didn't expect to to get it put back on me like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It, it's so funny, man. I, I hear the story. Like you you didn't you were worried about like, you know, almost like feeling silly. You gotta swallow your pride. It kind of brought me back to the the first concert I ever went to. Um I think I was like probably 19 years old. And, you know, everyone that's 19, they're, you know, they're self-conscious. They never want to look stupid. You know, just it is what it is. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the show, and I was by I was front row. So don't ask me how I made that work. <laughs> but um, at the end of the show, at least you know, I, didn't, I didn't realize going to a concert it was, a, it was a rock show. The drummer's like throwing his sticks out into the audience. Hmm. And um, there was the, like the, he they gave them all the way. And I was like on on stage. Right. And finally, he throws a couple my direction. There is one that's just like going up there. And I do my best, like, Michael Jordan-esque thing where I'm just, like, up. And, and at, the, at the pinnacle, I jumped too early. And on the way down, it tipped off my thumb and it's the hands of, of this girl behind me. And she was so happy, so, like, good for her. But I'm just like, oh, man, like, my favorite band. I could have had this drumstick. Anyway, one of them was left on the stage. It was just out of reach. And if I wanted to, I could have, like, it was a little high. I could have, like, jumped and almost, like, scraped my way across to get it. Yeah. It would have looked ridiculous if I did it, but I would have gotten the stick, but because it would have looked ridiculous. I hesitated. Mm. I was like, do I do this? Do I do it in front of that cute girl who just caught the drumstick? Like what happens? (laughs) While I'm pondering this great mystery of the universe for just two seconds, this other dude does it Looks stupid. He gets the final drumstick. it's like, he deserves it because he did not care about Luke looking silly. He wanted it. He went for it. He got it. And it told me a really important lesson at 19. Like, listen, if you know, it's up to me whether I want to feel stupid, but sometimes if I want to get that thing, I've got to be willing to, feel, to look stupid. And yeah. in fact, I wouldn't have looked stupid anyway. Everyone was like, "Dude,
2: yeah, you go to get that." <laughs> exactly. like, they were excited
1: yeah. for him. They didn't even think he looked bad. And that's the thing. Like a lot of times we think we're going to look stupid. we think we have to humble ourselves. We're actually, again, we're leading by example, by doing something that might, to us seem ridiculous, just because it's so far outside our comfort zone. We yeah. are inspiring people with the quote- unquote, "stupid things that we do," because yes. they're like, "Wow." it's possible. And no one's, you know, I don't feel bad for this person. I don't look down on this person. Maybe I can make a move myself.
2: Yeah. And that goes back to what I said earlier about people don't care as much as we think they do. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, just because, I might think I might look stupid, just like you. You said the other people were like, dude, that was badass. Yes. You know, and, and, and you held back out of fear of looking ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you would have been been like a hero to, to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That too. <laughs> and you <laughs> know, I've i changed as a person. That stuff doesn't matter to me right now. I I could I I couldn't really care less. But back then, it was such a cool thing. It was my first. Like, imagine you know, like your first rock show. What a what a cool thing to remember it by to have yeah. a stick from the drummer. Like that was cool. But me, <laughs> I hesitated, so I had to do without.
2: So true, so true. All right. So what what are some key takeaways? Again, without give giving away everything yeah, you know in the book, what? but what are some? Let key me takeaways? let me actually, let
1: me give something away. Let me give away my favorite method from the book. And okay. I actually I attribute this more than any of the other methods to that huge boost in money that I got in 2008 when I was making my own personal comeback. Um, I call this the time-lapse method. It's a gratitude method where, in, you know, just bear with me, you're going to write 15 things down that you're grateful for. Five of them are from your past, five of them are from your present, and five of them are things that you want in your future. But the key is they're all going to be worded out in the present tense so that if you read them out to somebody, they couldn't tell if it's, it's really happening or it did happen or, or what. So it's all in the present tense. It's 15 things, past, present, future, and you're going to jumble up that list so that maybe the first thing is a present and then there's a past and then a future, another future, another past, all the mess, right? And then what you're going to do is you're going to go through that list and you're going to read each thing one at a time. And each one you read, you're going to give yourself 20 to 60 seconds or whatever you want to just feel gratitude for that thing. So be ambitious about stuff you're really grateful for because you really want to feel good here. Now, the cool thing about this method is that two-thirds of that list is real. It's here in three-dimensional reality. It either has happened in the past or it is happening right now. And because us as humans can't psychologically downshift very easily, with those future ones interspersed, the confidence and the certainty and the enthusiasm that you had in your gratitude for those things that were already there will carry over when you're reading the future thing. It'll feel more real to you. And again, if you believe in a universe... I guarantee you it's going to magnify that energy to the universe. And if you don't believe in the universe, I guarantee you it's going to program your subconscious mind all the more powerfully. And the best part is you're going to enjoy the process. You're going to feel good. You're taking a five to ten minute departure from whatever stress you've got going on, whatever business issue you're going on, whatever relationship issue, whatever health issue, whatever it is, and you're just feeling good. And studies have shown, let's say I'm lying or I'm deluded and it's not going to get you a result. Studies have still still shown that feeling gratitude improves sleep. Increases confidence, reduces anxiety. There's no matter what you're going to get a win, but if you do it long enough and you just enjoy the process, you're probably going to get an even bigger win than you ever could have imagined.
2: Yes, there was a comedian I don't remember his name, but he was on a talk show and he he was talking about everything is amazing yet everyone's miserable. Because mm. you know, you know, like he brought up the example. He's like, you can fly from New York to Los Angeles in six hours. He's like, that used to take three years. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, we can do stuff like this. I'm in Rhode Island, you're in New York, but here we are on the platform, you know, motivating thousands of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like this is it's, it's truly, truly amazing. But we just get so caught up into the things we don't have or the things we're struggling with that we're overlooking the the good things that, that are happening to us. Like with my fitness clients and my accountability group, I had them every day just to post one proud moment of the day, every single day. And it could be something small, but just stop for for a moment and just recognize this awesome thing happened today. Yeah. And it, it can do so much to just change someone's mood and someone's outlook. But yet we'll have something Small happen in the morning. Say like you know you're gonna take out the milk. You drop it. The milk is all over the kitchen floor now. And people will let that one thing at seven a.m. ruin their entire day.
1: hmm Right. And you know when you if you let that kind of thing live rent free and you're not collecting any kind of payment, it's time to evict that thing. And yeah, you know it's it's funny because I think a lot of people they struggle with gratitude because they're under stress. You can be grateful for anything. And I would say if you're ever struggling, anyone listening with with being grateful or feeling gratitude. Try to think if someone were going to take something away from you and you had to explain to them why they shouldn't, why it's important. So, for example, whatever device you are listening to this on right now, if someone took it from you and you said, hey, I need that back. It's like, well, explain why you need it back. And you're like, well, I text everyone on this. I do all my email. I run my business. I listen to Robert's show. I've got everything like YouTube. I've got all, all my files. I've got my resume. All this stuff. I need that laptop. Oh my God, I am so grateful for this device. I'm so grateful. Look at all this, look at all the opportunity I have through that device. You can fix I, I you know, I remember back in the day when Craigslist was a thing. Oh, yeah. I got a relationship through Craigslist. Well, no, no, not a relationship. That was the only thing I didn't get. A relationship was the only thing I didn't get, but I got um, I got a job through Craigslist, I got an apartment through Craigslist. So you think, you know, your job, your apartment, a relationship. Two thirds of that huge part of my life that I'm trying to complete. I got through that one free website back when it was a thing. And it's like, I guess it's glad I didn't get a relationship because usually there's some like sketchy stuff going on. (laughs) But it's amazing to think like there are free websites. There are free tools out there that you can do to get that job, to get that relationship, to grow your business. There's free resources. Like we're speaking for free. If that That method I just gave to people, they might be able to use that for free without buying my book to hopefully enhance their life. They listen to all your shows for free. Like who would not be grateful for all this access to all these resources and all this information that you can use to level up your life?
2: I know. It boggles my mind when people say that they don't know something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like there there is no way that you could possibly not know what you need to know. <laughs> there's no way. Yep. It's YouTube like <laughs> yeah, it's like you, YouTube, fa- Facebook. You got you got uh, Google. <laughs> like, There's so many different platforms out there where people can just know stuff. <laughs> yes. You know, right before we hopped on, I just did a quick Facebook
1: check. And a, a friend of mine um, posted that he wants to he's doing a project in NYC and he's looking for a place to do short term leases. Mm. And I heard about something years ago. And, like, usually I don't see someone's post until, like, an hour later because I got so much going on. He yeah. literally just posted. And I threw in the, the website for him. And, like, basically he got his answer within 30 seconds of putting out that question. That's yep. how great it is when you're connected with people. And as so- that rarely happens that I have that resource for something quick, like, but it just happened that's the thing the person that you least expect the person that doesn't often answer a post the person that doesn't often have that answer will have something for you when you least expect it if you just ask
2: yes and before we went live i had to- told you about how i got in contact with you like you you're five levels down yeah. <laughs> in the connection tree five levels down and it all started with one networking group and then from that one group you're the you're the third fourth out of that one one group you're the fourth either been on my show or i've been on someone else's show Mm -hmm. but from that one networking group so like now you know you're you're in here you're here talking to my audience and you know, which can go back and enhance your, enhance your own when I give you you the copy of this and you put it out to your audience. Yes, and it's like you know, we're shit. We're just sharing sharing our experiences.
1: Yeah, and you it's know? really cool, man. Because even like the the person that connected us individually, we're we're connecting on a couple levels. But but uh, like Tina, who put us in touch. Yeah, I met Tina through Christine, who I met through these people, Kevin and Jules. And Kevin was a person that I met at a conference in Chicago. Um, like two years ago. It, like it was it's just this amazing thing where people lead you in a certain direction. Yeah. You know somebody right now in your network, whoever they are, that's gonna lead you to something or someone or
2: both amazing. Yes. Everyone has that. And this world is so so small, like I said, we're both speaking at the same virtual summit. Yeah, and you told me, like you're going to like, hey dude, you know we're on that thing together, right? Like, oh really? Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Small world, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So, you know, one one key takeaway. Not takeaway, but one key thing that I want people to take away from this is to really look inside and figure out what it is that you want to do, because mm. that's where it starts. Like you have to know what you want to do. And it amazes me how many people struggle answering that question. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's 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 so difficult. And I'm sure you see that in your travels as well.
1: Yeah, you know, believe it or not, um, a cheat code that I've used, because you're right, that is important to just to have a, you know, a vision and a path. While you're figuring it out, if you're struggling, it, it sounds um, almost cheesy, but the best thing you can do is inject gratitude into your life every single day. Mm-hmm. Because when you're introducing gratitude, you're introducing ease and flow. And when ease and flow are in the mix, things will come to you. You'll have realizations. You'll feel better about things. Things that you would have discarded in the past will actually feel possible. I think oftentimes the reason people struggle with what they can do is because they don't believe that what they want to do is actually possible for them. So for me, a backdoor strategy is to introduce ease and flow and happiness and gratitude into your life and into your mindset because that'll like clear out the cobwebs and then you'll have that realization that things are possible and you'll start
2: taking action toward it. Uh, I, I love that last sentence, the realization that things are possible. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's amazing. And that can change things for, for everyone. It's like, one of the hardest things I thought to do, you know, back when I was working in the restaurant industry was to make six figures. And when we launched the gym, the goal was to make a hundred grand for the year and we hit it at the end of May Wow! <laughs> yeah. know, at the end of May. And it's like, wow. And then even in the worst year, the worst possible year where things were so slow, we still hit it. (laughs) You know, it's like we still hit it. So it just completely opened up my thought process to what's possible. Because, you know, when you're working a job and you're making, you know, $45,000 a year, it's like, I got to work two and a half years to make six figures. And that's gross. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like, that's not even net. Yep. You know, (laughs) right. But once you open up what you believe to be possible, that's when you're going to start seeing opportunities. Because what people don't realize, opportunities are all around us. But because we're so focused on putting out fires and what could, bad can could happen to us, we're missing them and they're right in front of us. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that's another reason why I always encourage gratitude because positive thoughts really are so much more powerful than negative ones. Yes. And I don't want people under the illusion that they're going to go through their day and they're going to always be thinking positively. That's that's not my, my goal with them. My goal is to get them to inject in an easy way positive thought because it'll carry over and the negative will happen less frequently and it'll be less powerful. It's more of a thing where we're easing our way into a more positive mindset so that it's more automatic for you. We're not eliminating problems 100% because even though that's technically possible it's an unreasonable request to put on yourself yep. and it's also something where if something's unreasonable you're just going to create resistance and hold yourself back anyway so i'm not interested in eliminating negativity 100 from people's lives i'm just interested in showing them how they can inject positivity so that the scales are tipped in their favor more towards that positive and again yep. it's a simple thing of just having gratitude each and every day for just five minutes Think, making a list of things you're grateful for it will it'll it'll bear fruit It'll come around and even if it didn't, if I'm wrong about that, it'll feel good in the moment. And that in and of itself is what makes it worth it.
2: Yes, absolutely. Spot spot on. And um I know we're com- coming close to time here, but what wanna share a quick story. My daughter and I, the end of November, we were heading down to Florida. And so the morning of well, two days prior, I had actually paid my my rent. I pay in cash. So I went to the bank, you know, got got the cash, you know, sealed, sealed the envelope. Drop, dropped it off. So now it's the morning of, we, we had to get up early because we were flying out of Boston. It's about an hour away from here. And so we get up to where I'm dropping off the car so we can take the shuttle to the plane. And I open up my wallet and my license isn't in there. Mm. So I'm like, crap. <laughs> right? So it's like, all right, this is going to be a problem. So I'm like tearing up up, up my car, thinking it, it may have slipped, slipped out or something. But no, but what do you need to get money from the bank? You need your license. You need, you need a your license. license. I never took the ID out of the envelope. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, it was there the whole time. <laughs> yep. So I'm like, all right, well we're going to miss this plane. So, you know, I called the airline and they were going to charge me, you know, to switch flights. But I was like, wait a second. Like I, I thought when I booked it said cuz of COVID, you can switch with for, for no fees. So I was like, all right, let me like I'll deal with the plane later. So I'm texting my texting my landlord. No, so so best case scenario is he's up early. He gets the text. I go see him, get my license, and we just go back to Boston and take a later flight. But I don't hear from him. <laughs> and so we get all the way back to Rhode Island. And and again, I'm like, what, what can we do? Like, what can we do? And so my daughter, she's like, I'm going to go take a nap and you can get back to me after. I said, all right. So don't worry. I said, we're going to get to Florida. We're going to figure this out. And so she takes a nap. Now I'm calling. I'm calling. You know the the airline. I'm calling the TSA because I I did have an expired license. I had my old one, mm. and I was like, w- "Like, would that work if need be?" Because again, best case scenario is that the landlord calls me back, but I gotta have contingency plans ready just in case he doesn't. Yeah. So you know, th- th- on the phone, the TSA said that it it will work to get me through security. But like, but you won't be able to rent the car. You know. So. We, where we going from the Orlando airport to where we were staying is about a 45 minute drive. So that would have been a pretty expensive Uber if we had to, but, but anyway, so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, nothing from, from the landlord. So I go to to the DMV website and I order a, a replacement and I get the receipt that I had a replacement. So we start heading up to Boston. I was like, we're, we're going to roll the dice and we're going to figure this out. So I get there, I drop the car we get to, to uh, the airport. We were able to get through, and then even the guy there, he said, "When you get to Orlando, rental car companies will not take this." Mm. That's, that's like I'll cross that bridge when we get there. And so we land in Orlando. So I pick up the phone and I call them and I gave them the story. I'm like, I screwed up, you know, like I put it all on me. Not like you people need need to accept this. I put it on me. I'm like, I screwed up, and I need help. And so the woman's like. When you get to the counter, you know, ask to speak to the manager and they'll see if they can help you. I'm like, so you're saying it's possible. And she's like, yes. She's like, she's like, I can't tell you for certain. She's like, it's up to, to the manager. She's like, but it is possible. So I looked at my daughter. I said, we're getting a car. Mm-hmm. You know. So we get down there. I walk in and, I, and the same thing. I said, Evan, I have a story for you. <laughs> you know with it all all loud and you know positive i got a story for you I said i screwed up but you're the man that can bail me out of it mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah so i just went into it very positive like yes. long story short we got the car <laughs> so nice. there you go so, so what could have been an absolute disaster we still got down i mean we got down there a few hours later than we anticipated but you know we, we had a great mini getaway And everything worked out. You know, we just had to jump through some hoops. But staying positive got us through that.
1: Mm -hmm. It's, you know, as someone like, again, like me, I I stay positive most of the time. I've had those situations where it's been negative and it's just been harder than it needs to be. And that's, you know, proof, you know, perfect right there. Like, why? Just it things unfold so much more easily. And, you know, it is what it is. Like you either approach it in one way or another, like what's the way that's going to get the better result? You just
2: demonstrated right then and there. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I could have just been like cancel it. we're not going. Why does this why did this happen to me? Uh, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it was my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't take the license out of the envelope. So I'm not going to be mad at the world for my screw up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you didn't let it ruin your time. That's the best part. Exactly. Like, even if it is your Because, I, you know, even when we take responsibility for stuff, like if we're not making it, if we're not letting it ruin what we've got going on, it's, there's a power to that. And there's, there's something. And then, like, the beauty of it is, I mean, you didn't need this because you were already a positive person. But if you'd been a person that was just starting to figure this out, this would have been something that you carried with you where... You finally knew that this was the way to do it. I imagine you discovered that before this happened, which is why you were so good at this. But everyone needs that one moment where they they challenge themselves to rise up in that way. And when they finally yeah. see it, then because they've lived it experientially, they can finally accept it and do more with it.
2: Yes, and then being being a speaker, you know, slash motivator, when I go through challenging situations, it's something else to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is what happened. This is how how we pivoted. This is how we got through it, and we still got there. Yeah, and I was like, that—that's everything in life. Like everybody has challenges. You have challenges. Like everyone does. But it's those stories. Like b- before we went live, remember I told you I said, you know, let's not try to jump jump in bed in the first ten minutes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Let's let's expand on it and let's tell how you got to where to, to where you got. Yep. No, yeah. No, I just think it makes for a more a more powerful show. Yeah, it makes it a longer show, but I just think it's a more powerful show when people can actually see and feel what you went through. Well, and it
1: leaves room for for stories and examples and things like that that really makes something land. Because it's one thing to tell somebody something in a sentence, but it's the examples and it's the context that really makes something land. And then they're empowered to do something about it. All right. Can you see the, the, the,
2: comment on the screen?
1: Probably the hardest thing to spin positive is when you get treated badly and it's someone else. Ooh. And it gets piled on instead of resolved, making it mm, interesting. So when it's somebody else, um, that opens up a whole bunch of possibilities because is it someone that like, th- like it's at work and you're stuck and you can't do something about it. You know what I mean? It's like, what's in the context of that. But I, I would say this, um, and I don't even know if it's the the most positive way to go about it, but I refuse to let someone who's negative effectively live rent-free in my head because then it's like I'm letting them win. So it becomes a thing where it's like, all right, if I can think positive about this person and this situation, I will. If I can think positive about this person, I will. But if I can't, I will think positive about something else. Either way, I will direct my mind to whatever extent I can towards something positive, because you can't think good and bad at the same time. It's one or the other. So if it's within your ability to have forgiveness for this person, or to to list good qualities about them, cool. But if they don't deserve it, or if you can't bring yourself to that, then put your positive focus on anything else. Even if it's just somebody, you know, something has nothing to do with this person, your best friend, the best job you worked, your first crush, your first kiss, like anything that's positive in your life that you could put your focus on instead. It's all just about, you know, getting a breath in and breathing and just departing from that negative experience. That's the best thing I would say. Uh, Robert, I don't know how you feel as you're hearing me say that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Everything you said, you said was spot on. I would just add on when people do things like this, Sally, it's emotional control. Hmm. It's emotional control. So it's a, it's a different extreme, but the, the, the example holds, holds, holds the same. Like I don't, I don't let racial things happen to me. I mean, like when people say racial things, I don't let it bother me. bounces right off, like that whole rubber glue thing from when we were kids, (laughs) right? And the whole sticks and stones may break my bones. It's, It's the same scenario. If somebody has a problem with me for my appearance, that's on them. That has nothing to do with me not one thing. I know who I am. I'm a firm firm believer in the things that I stand for. I know the good I do in this world and the, the, the people I, I inspire and I reach and I connect with. So whatever somebody else has to say about me, that's their problem. And they will never, ever take control over my emotions. So if you let them take control of your emotions, that's when you have to stand back and ask yourself why.
1: Yeah. So like, and so that's how I'll end one, Sally, you know, again, I'm not sure about the, the specifics of this example. Is it someone random that they, they, they never met or someone that they know? Um, oh, let's see here. It happened to me this morning. I put healing dreams on. It helped. So to resolve it, though. I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's a person that it keeps happening over and over again. But um, one thing I do, and I haven't spoken about it um, on this conversation, is is something called scripting. And scripting is basically journaling your life in the present tense as if it's your dream life. So something like this I might be scripting what what can I script to what extent to what specificity that it feels good if it if it feels good for me to say this person treats me great every single day Fine, but for most people, that doesn't feel real. So you might script something like, I'm so happy and grateful that this person is getting better and better at how they treat me. I'm getting better and better at inviting good, positive behavior from people. I'm so grateful that pleasant surprises pop up. I'm so grateful that people see the error of their ways and they, they mature and grow as people. Like whatever level of generality or specificity you can give as you're writing out, it will hopefully give you relief. If it doesn't give you relief, it's too specific. But once you've got it spread out enough that it feels good, you might be surprised at the energy that you put out there and the intent on how that will actually be mirrored in your real life three-dimensional experience.
2: Well said. And this is what, what she just responded to.
1: Oh, stimulant. So I'm just reading that up for people. Like it's mail service, close my account. Stimulus check is in there and a check for my bank account. I'm, ooh, okay. So for me, <laughs> thank you for the example. I would do two things in this. And again, we're, we're reaching out here, but I want to give this to yeah. you. One, this is something now we're, we're out of the realm of your control, in my opinion. This is where you give up control. You say, listen, I'm turning this over to the universe. Because the thing is, you don't need the stimulus check or don't want it. You want money. Meaning, can the money come in another way? Is there another way by which maybe it maybe the stimulus check is the way by which it comes, but is money not available in other possible ways? I would open myself up to the um, you know basically to the opportunity for money to come in to replace it because nature abhors a vacuum. So one, this is out of your control. Give up control of this. Um, the most recent example where that happened to me, I was so stressed all day, I finally gave up control, twist you know tossing and turning at night. The next morning it actually did work out. I'm not saying it's going to work out. I'm saying that's your best shed for making that work out. But again, even besides giving up control and turning it over to a higher power, just say it isn't about the money from that check, it's about inviting money in. And what way? How, how, I'm so happy and grateful that money does have a way of getting to me in any way, which way or form. And maybe you will see other opportunities, or you will think of other opportunities to allow that money to be received by yourself. And I know you probably hate to hear this, but the closing of your account it might serve you in some way down the line that you won't see until the
2: moment comes. Rest in that comfort because that will bring better stuff to you more quickly. And that's a per- perfect way. To, perfect way to close there. That was that was awesome. Spot on. And then Sally says, thanks. She will practice this today. Awesome. So, awesome. You're awesome, Sally. You got this. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So let's give us a, we'll give you the final word. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, um, Robert, thanks so much for having me, man. I can tell by
1: the intentionality of, of your questions and how you're doing things. You've got a, an awesome show and an awesome audience. So I really appreciate right you letting me you know, share my my insights and, and my way of thinking with them. And I'm just hoping it was really helpful and that I left some value here for today. I know your part of it was awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. This was great. All right. So again, you see the link here for his book, Last Law of And how much is the book? Um, well, the Kindle version is only four bucks.
1: Um, but that right. that that link will auto forward to the Amazon listing so you can get in Kindle or paperback or Audible. And if you don't want to pull out your wallet, but you want free content, you can go to youtube.com/slash andrew cap. And uh, you'll have uh, me teaching you for free. So whether it's the book or the YouTube,
2: I hope you find value from my content. YouTube.com slash Andrew Cap. Yes. All right, I'll put that in the chat. Awesome. Thank you. It. All right. Ma- Marianne said, thank you for your time, gentlemen. Our pleasure. Thank you, Marianne. All right, man. Thank you ver- very much. Uh, don't Don't sign out yet. Yes, sir. All right. All right, guys! What an awesome, awesome episode. So, for people who just tuned in now, if you missed this, go back and watch it from the beginning. If you can spend an hour wa- watching sports or soap operas, take an hour and listen to this episode as we go. We go deep. We go deep into the mindset, deep into the law of attraction, deep into you manifesting the things that you want in your life. Because you know that's what this show is all about. Life's gonna give you mountains. We're gonna make you mentally strong enough to climb those mountains, reach the peak because what you want is at that peak. All right. So have a great Tuesday. I am back tomorrow with LaTanya and we're going to have another great show. So thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.
0: You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.